Jewish studies teachers in schools around the world often struggle with the challenge of teaching students text skills. Decoding text, identifying shorashim, understanding word meaning, it's hard enough in English, but in Hebrew or Aramaic, it's a daunting task. But what if a Torah teacher had a learning tool that helped her engage her students with the Chumash material before they even walked into class? What if there was a learning tool that allowed a Rebbe to know which of his students had prepared the Mishnah and what specific parts of the material they found challenging? And what if that tool was digital, online, and totally customizable, allowing a Murat to have complete control over what and how her students were learning? Now, Judaic teachers can stop asking what if, because we built that tool. It's called Kita. To learn more and get a head start on planning for the coming school year, visit kita.org today. That's kita.org. K-I-T-A-H dot O-R-G. Everybody. My name is Ruben Spolter, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of RZ Weekly, your weekly podcast about religious Zionism, modern orthodoxy, and everything in between. I am here with Harabanit Mali Brovsky. Hello, Harabanit Mali. Hello. Hello. How okay. Harabanit Mali Brovsky. I haven't done the introductions in a while. Harabanit Mali Brovsky is a licensed social worker. She's the head of the second year program now, or in, in Michleb, I say, Shana Bet, and I also teach Shana Aleph. So and she also teaches and in house social worker, uh, and she's and a social worker there and in private as well. And uh, I heard she has hours available. Do you have hours available? I do I not have hours available. available. Oh, <laughs> I mean, not, I shouldn't laugh. Math. No, it's actually uh, many. This is a way of talking about something you don't that we didn't decided not to talk about. But many, m- most mental health professionals are finding themselves swamped, um, and that's tragically because of um, what's happening in the pandemic world. So I, I, I'm right. saying that because I, I would just note the reason you know, we decided not to talk about it is because it's not a religious Zionist correct. issue. It's a it's a worldwide issue. Correct. So I I felt we felt we didn't have much to add. You know, it's not a really controversial issue. It's a tragedy. Correct. More than anything, it needs to be addressed and be aware of. Okay. And Harab Johnny Solomon is here with us. Hello, Harab Johnny. Shalom, shalom, everybody. Harab Johnny is a teacher, educator, writer, editor, and has his own private online Beit Midrash program. If you've got an issue, call Rav Johnny. It's well worth it to be Mitya Eitz with Rav Johnny. Very much recommended. I'm Ruben Spolter. I am the director of a program, an online initiative called Kita, which you hear my ads for, uh, hopefully, every time you listen to this podcast. So uh, today we're going to discuss, oh, I want to frame the discussion uh, with something that kind of, that, that happened to us as a family. And I'm going to frame it then in the religious Zionist world here in Israel. And then we're going to turn it over to Molly and Johnny to answer, to answer my question. So my, I have a daughter. She's 10 years old, and she's a voracious reader. Thank God, she loves reading in Hebrew and in English. And she was reading a book in Hebrew. Uh, my wife follows these things. I don't write, follow these things. But it turns out she was reading a book in Hebrew that's actually a translation, a series. It's a translation of a series called The Magic Misfits, which is a pretty popular, um, a pretty popular children's series uh, written by an actor, writer named Neil Patrick Harris. And Neil Patrick Harris is homosexual. And he talks about the fact, I wasn't aware of this, 
But when my wife read the book, she, she noticed that, that there's nothing overt, overtly pro-gay or anti, uh, not anti-gay, of course, there's nothing overtly pro-gay in the book, but he introduces characters who are two men who are married to each other. And we didn't really know how to react to this, how to educate our daughter. And I'm not going to tell you what we decided, because first we want to talk to Molly and, and, and Johnny, but we had a dilemma. On, on the one hand, we felt we feel we can't shield our children from these things. On the other hand, we're talking about children's literature. And, and, and I think Neil Patrick Harris intentionally, obviously, included these characters in his book in a non-explicit way as an attempt to, as a desi out of desire to normalize uh, this kind of relationship, to normalize gay couples, to normalize a homosexual marriage, because they're just characters in the book. There's nothing special about them. And I think that that's the, probably the most obvious way to normalize it, not making an issue of it at all. Um, but we struggled with it. We, how are we supposed to talk to our daughter about this? Should we uh, have an issue with her reading books of this nature? Is there a way to protect our children? So I want to sort of give this a little bit of background from the Israeli world. So one of the, the, the most right-wing party that's running for the Knesset is called Tzionut Datit. It's not the religious Zionist party. It's only claiming to represent religious Zionism, but it's the party of, it's the party of Bezalel Smotrich, a rebranding. Bezalel Smotrich, for the purposes of this election, entered into a coalition with two other parties. And this is something people from America tell us is very complicated. It is complicated and can be confusing, but it's important. One you've heard of, and one you haven't heard of. One is Otsma Yehudit of Itamar Ben-Gvir, who everyone is very, very upset about. Not our topic for today. But the one you haven't heard of is a party called Mifleget Noam. And Mifleget Noam is the party of, I would call it the Chardal Yeshivot, the Yeshivot of Haredi Dati Leumi. And if you look on their website, Mifleget Noam, their slogan is Am Normali Be'artzenu, something to that effect. That Mifleget Noam, it wants to, it, it says, right, you have to be normali, normal. What's wrong with saying there's such a thing as a normal family? Okay, what's wrong with saying that? We have to, not one more thing, but they, that's their, that's their slogan. That, exactly, if you go on their website, it says, Mifleget Noam, Am Normali Be'artzenu, normal. And what is the definition of normal? The definition of normal is what they just perceive as representing classic family values, classic family structure. And I, I was reading these things, and I was struggling with these things, and I'll just finish. I know it's a long way of introduction. I'll finish my question by, I'll finish my question by sharing with you. I shared with uh, Johnny and Molly. There was a picture my wife shared with me. There was a poster put out by a number of different organizations, and they were having in Israel, okay, they were focusing in February on Mishpachti bimyuchad, meaning specifically focusing, focusing on the family. Chodesh Hartzaot Artsi. Okay, uh, uh, it's a month of, of nationwide talks um, focusing on you know, the family. Bahovalat Merkazeho Ruta Yishuvim. You know, led by the, you know, the, the family, whatever it's called, the family uh, center, uh, the national family center. And, but, and it's all fine and good, and there's actually nothing really interesting. Uh, or unique or uh, you know, unusual about the talks themselves. But when you look at the poster and you look at the pictures of the family on the poster, so there are one, two, three gay couples in the poster, some with children, all of them with children, two ma male couples, one female couple, and then one heterosexual couple. 
And, and if you notice also, unusually, for reasons that are unclear, the homosexual couples have faces, and the heterosexual couples do not have faces. I'm not entirely sure why. That was probably an artistic choice. But clearly, somebody had an agenda, and family day, like if you were drawing families, draw one of each, draw two and one. Would you draw three and one? Would you, like, if there's somebody, there's an agenda going on in Israel explicitly, I'm, I can't speak for America, of promoting, of pushing the, the idea of what is considered a normal family structure or an acceptable family structure. And I, as a very religious person, believing in what the Torah says, that God wants, you know, God created us, that you know, a family is man and woman, that a husband and wife should marry and create children, that the mitzvah of, of marriage is completely connected to the idea of peru revu and bringing children into the world, that's brought down in the Shulchan Aruch. What am I supposed to do with this culture that's encroaching in so many different ways, in so many different areas? Is it something I ignore? Something I talk to my children about? Something I, like, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not a big norm supporter, but maybe I should be, even though I don't agree with all, everything they say. Molly, we'll start with you. What do you have to say? What do you think? How would you, let's assume you're me and your child, your 10-year-old comes up to you with this book and you see this. What's your reaction? How do you respond? Should you respond? What do you think is the way of, of dealing with this parentally and educationally? Right, okay, so I think those are two different questions, right? One is the question of how you deal with it with your children, and one is the larger issue that you're raising about how do you relate to this um, more or less explicit, uh, specific political or sociological agenda that's being uh, promoted, let's say, right? So what if regard to the first question? Uh, I, that's great. I agree with you. So let's divide it into two. So take the parental one first. Okay. So I, with I, regard I'm to, look at to you the, as an educator, okay. as a parent So first. with regard to the parental question, I think we discussed this quite a lot. Um, and I think it would come back to the same things we say always, which is, first of all, um, in parenting, I, I believe in parenting with constant open lines of communication as uh, the healthy model. Um, and I, I agree with you. I, I think that when you create an environment where a child knows that they can speak to you about anything and you will respect and listen um, and, and, and have honest dialogue but at the and at the same time not be afraid to share your own views and make space for both, I think that's the healthiest way to parent. And so um, and the other thing that we always say is to always look for the subtexts, right? So it could be that, let's say, I'll even, I know that, I read the Percy Jackson books, and in the latest Percy Jackson books, uh, you know, one of the main characters is gay. Um, and so I know my kids read that, and maybe I would even talk about that with my kids. Maybe I would even raise the topic, right, to make the implicit agendas explicit. Um, and... And, and and again, open dialogue where I may Wait, I may maybe say, you would or you would like say a ten I would I would okay I would and I have right oh Nico's gay oh Nico and Will end up together oh how do you feel about that they're a really cute couple how do we feel about you know. And then, and then just kind of open it up to their conversation and, and, and wait, just, wait, wait, go on and continue the conversation. Okay. So, so now, so now I want to get to the larger question, which is your question of like, um, how do I feel in general about this phenomenon, right? This phenomenon of, um, of agendas being promoted within society. Again, sometimes implicitly within media and sometimes more explicitly with like, you know, on a, from a governmental or whatever that organization was, I don't, I don't know as much governmental, whatever it is, right, where you, where it's clear that it's clear that they have an agenda that they're promoting. So I think that I was thinking about this question today, and I think what I, what I decided was the following. 
I, I, I don't have an issue with that agenda being promoted. I, I think that people who believe in that agenda have something valuable to contribute and that their voice should be heard. I don't believe we should quash it. I, I don't believe we should be pro-quashing it, which is why I'm not pro-Noam, because their whole approach is very black and white. It's, as you said, traditional values. Yeah, let, let's, let's do the politics aside. We're going to come back to Noam. Okay, fine. Let's but I'm just saying, I, I, I don't talk, believe... I want to focus on the... I, I really, it's important okay. to have an organized conversation. Just say it, 100%. 100%. No, yeah. I agree with you 100%. So what I'm saying is, I don't think that my response is, this is terrible. There should be no room for it. Uh, my kids shouldn't read books where this agenda exists. We should, you know, boycott organizations that do this. I, I believe that there's a voice here and there are values that, that um, there are segments of society that, that has a point that they want to make and that they have, that it's legitimate for them to make their point. And they're, and I would even say from my perspective, there may be things about their point that I agree with. There may be things about their point that I disagree with, but there should be room for their agenda. My concern, and, and, and I wonder if this is kind of your underlying concern or not, but this is definitely my concern. My concern is, and I don't necessarily know, think this is happening in Israel, I don't know, but my concern would be when the message of, the, the message of any agenda is, our agenda is the only legitimate one, and if you hold your your agenda, there's no room for your agenda, right? So if you believe in the traditional family, so then you're transphobic, right? Meaning, I I get wary when an agenda. Wait, is, so you're okay with your with having your kids read it, and uh, you want to have a conversation about it, but you didn't answer me. Okay, how do you feel? And then now the parent pipes up. Now you're having the conversation. The kid says, okay. I don't know. It seems okay to me. What does okay. Molly say? Right. So and then we're going to go to Johnny. Wait, Johnny so you really want to know what I think about this issue? Or you yeah. want to know how yeah, I really do. I mean, that's what we're issue. talking about today. Okay, yeah. so fine. And the truth is, this actually, actually goes into my second point, which is I think that what I think is that society should make room for multiple voices. I, I think that society, that each voice has to recognize that there's room for other voices. And I also think that what needs to be, that, that there needs to be an understanding that there can be a voice that holds complexity, which is the voice that I would say to my children, right? Which would be, I personally, right, um, believe in complementarity. I, I believe that, that the traditional families have value. Um, I, I believe that societies that are built on traditional families are in general strong and healthy societies. All of that being said, I also believe, and we've had this conversation before, right, that there is such a thing as homosexuality and that there's a, and, and, we as Orthodox Jews have to grapple with what that means and that that's a delicate subject and that can we hold both sides of that and realize that there's complexity here. And I would talk about that complexity with my children, right? And I, I and what would I think and what, and, and how, what would I, and, and that's a long and complex discussion. But my answer to you is I think it's complicated. And I, and, and I think that there's, there's room for a person to hold a complicated position. Right. And, and I think that that's what I would want to convey to my children. Does that does that make sense? Johnny, do you agree with Molly? Is it complicated or it's a little simpler for you? And we're talking specifically. We're going to focus now on the as a parent, as a, you know, in your home. And, and I want to say one more okay, thing. So I, I, want to just I think emphasize, Molly and I. Sorry, just, sorry. 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 Just I really want to emphasize it's really important. To, and, and here's my social work hat on. It's really important to make room to hear what our children are saying back to us, because our children have friends who are gay already, who are coming out as gay. Right. And our children may be gay. 
right? <laughs> Meaning that might happen as well. So I think that, that, that and again, I, I also very strongly believe that we have the right and even also the obligation to be clear about our own values. But we, it's very important to remember to make space to hear what they're holding, what they're thinking, and, and listen as much as we're talking. Even though I also want to say at the I'll, same side I'll of that. I'll only push back to you and say to you that when I heard you talking, I have no idea what your values are. You okay, were not but, clear at all. That, that didn't come out at all okay, to but me. If you Are you ask, assuming that? Are you afraid? You, I, I really want to know. I don't know is if this is a con- Are we having a conversation here about you know, what we think about homosexuality? Or are we having a conversation about what we think no, about... I, 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 I mean, if you're not comfortable having that, that's fine. If you don't no, I'm saying that I, that's, do I don't know if that was... Again, I thought that I asked you, what is the conversation you have with your children? And you said... So I say, I would say... Intersectionality and complexity, et cetera, et cetera. But you never said... I never said intersectionality. I would never say intersectionality. I know, whatever. Me personally. Buzzwords. Listen, my kids would... I think my kids know what I think. They think... I think that they think that the Torah fundamentally has a... What I call the complementary view of the nature of reality, male and female, as... Two, two different two, two different things that are not the same that complement each other and that are meant to be, come together in a male and female union and and that I think that's the Torah's perspective on 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 how family structure should should exist I think that at the same time and I think that's true and important and valuable and we, we could talk about the value of that at the same time I think that there is is a reality of homosexuality and that as Orthodox Jews, we have to figure out what we do with those two things. And that will then branch off into a much larger conversation. Okay, now, t- sorry, Johnny. Sorry to interrupt sorry, you. Johnny, I'm, yeah. I'm glad, actually, we brought that out. How do you feel about my the conversation with her, with her children? What's the conversation that you would have? Okay, so you, the original question is, you know, do I find myself uh, distant from what I understood to be Marty's position? The answer is no. I think we're not too far apart. I think there are two different conversations, and I do want to link them, and this was alluded to by Mali. One is in terms of acknowledgement of and showing respect and dignity towards anybody who has a same-sex leaning, anybody who identifies as gay in whichever capacity. That's one thing. And the second thing is what's been taking place in wider society over the last uh, 50, 60 years, a little bit more, in terms of the attack on the family itself. And we need to recognize that while those don't necessarily need to be linked, they have been by many people. And I'm a strong advocate for the family, and I'm a strong advocate for treating people with dignity. And I believe that life doesn't have to be complex when one lives according to their values. You see, sometimes religion is best communicated not with words, but through actions. Uh, And as a result of that, if your family, if your children, see you interact with people who have a different family structure, no matter what you communicate in terms of what you believe to be Torah values, that positive role modeling, that demonstration that we're not God, that expression that we treat every person with dignity and with humanity levels out, oftentimes, not always, some of the seeming gaps between what the Torah uh, is understood to be saying 
and what we should expect every person to be doing. What we should expect every person to be doing, bismaneinu, in our day and age, is treating every person with respect and with dignity, while not losing sight of what our, and individually, as well as those who feel they're holding the banner for, for ardent Torah lifestyle, whatever that may well be, while not losing sight of or being apologetic about the family. And what is a family? The family is an aspiration. Uh, and it has different shapes and sizes, but I shouldn't feel the need to apologize for my pursuit of and my promotion of a husband-wife relationship in a world where there's a desire to create an equivalence between that and other models of relationship. How, that makes Johnny, sense? I, okay, I want to I want to follow up because I, I've, I of course, agreed that you have to model and show, uh, as you said, dignity and respect. But let's say I, I want to let's give it an. an I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it just. I'm gonna put on my like halachic glasses and people. And I think this is a legitimate thing. Like, uh, for example, in shuls, for example, they say you don't ask somebody who's not Shomer Shabbat how did you get into shul, and we stopped doing that a long time ago. So we stopped asking that question. And we treat everybody with dignity and respect. And you want to get an aliyah, you want a diamond, we don't really care. We're just happy you came. And, and I think that that's a good choice that we make. But at the same time, we then we educate our children that Shabbat is dear to us because then we all walk home together. And, and in our homes, we, we, we cherish the Shabbat and we keep the Shabbat and we, and we model that, that this is what we believe in. So even though I treat my neighbor who's not Shomer Shabbat with dignity and respect, you know, I remember once uh, when we were living in Michigan, so it was like, I think it was Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah, and there was a conservative shul that was like, you know, down the block, pretty far. And on three days a year, so many people came that they eventually ended up, you know, like, uh, you know, parking in front of our house, uh, you know, that they, mm-hmm. they had to drive that far. There was no parking even. And my wife, like, you know, and the, ki- and, uh, the kids, of course, were at, like, at the age, very young, like, are they Jewish or are they not Jewish? And we were, but we're very, of course, they're Jewish. 100%, but we're walking to shul because that's what we do. How do you show, teach your children, on the one hand, in your mind, to have, treat everyone with, with dignity and respect, and to say, I, you know, everyone has the right to make their, the choices and I have to respect the choice that you make, while at the same time demonstrating that this is not the value that I believe in and this is not the model that, that I think the Torah uh, represents. What do you think? So, so I'll briefly respond by saying that over the last also about 50 years, we've seen different models uh, in trying to make sense of the growing LGBT movement. Okay, um, Certainly many of uh, the well-known poskim would be very clear and were very clear that they saw all those who identified as gay as being deviant. Uh, and they'd say that would be uh, considered absolutely off the chart. And, and those, for example, as you used the example of Mahalale Shabbat, those are people who are striving but not quite coping. And they're therefore put a certain hierarchy, yeah, with one being perhaps less bad than the other. Uh, in more recent decades, there's been slight shifts. Overall, I, I believe that the comparisons are profoundly imperfect and truth be told profoundly insulting um uh, I, i'm well aware of the dinim of uh, shabbat i'm well aware of the truvot about uh, 
of inclusion in terms of Mechalalei Shabbat. But actually, it's a whole different thing. Because uh, in terms of our understanding of, of the, the human condition, there are those whose nature it is to have an attraction towards people of the same sex. I don't know that the Torah speaks of those who have a nature, have an attraction to break Shabbos. And so, in actual fact, in more recent halachic literature, more recent uh, uh, literature about Jewish thought, there have been seismic shifts, I would argue, in terms of acknowledging that uh, and showing not just... The word even sympathy is, I think, misplaced. But nevertheless, recognizing that somebody who, especially somebody who is endeavoring to live according to Torah lifestyle and is drawn towards people of the same sex, is in a unique category, is in a unique struggle for some, um, and that the comparison to Mechalalei Shabbat is down, and I, and I know it's not meant this way from you, in fact, I, I think many moderates use that comparison and they try do so with the attempt of being inclusive. But I believe that it is, it is mistaken. And I would argue, and again, I, I can gladly send some of our listeners Shuvat uh, uh, and literature on this topic, that if one wishes to maintain a sense of label of deviant, then one needs to do so in terms of, while using the term letervon. Letervon, for those who are less familiar, is somebody who feels that they just can't resist doing things which a Torah says one shouldn't do. That's at the worst case category, shall we say, of labeling, uh, with a whole different uh, other levels of category in, in between. And to go back, therefore, to the question, I don't want Mali to speak and then for you to feed back. Uh, Johnny, before you, I want you to answer though, the question, the conversation with your children. Just uh, come back. I just want, I would love to get an answer from you. Your daughter's reading this book. Are you fine with it? You uh, I, didn't, it go? It, I don't even need to have a, I don't up? need to come up with this. My, my daughter was watching a movie not uh, only a few months ago. And a similar issue arose. And my daughter, as happens, uh, uh, was this particular daughter was 13. Uh, and we had a conversation. We had a conversation in which I said, what was the movie about? She told me. I said, you know, you know what do you think of that? Because I want to understand what's going on in her head. You see, I don't see the world uh, from a young person who's 13, who's had multiple messages, and multiple meta-messages come into their life. Her frame of reference is different to mine, even though she lives in my house and she's my beloved daughter. And so I got a sense of how she sees the world uh, as refracted through her, her commentary on the movie that she watched. Um, and as a parent, my job is to teach her about the world and teach her how to align the Torah and the Torah laws and Torah values with the world which she encounters. The world has people who are drawn to those of the same sex. That's a fact. That's not a, that's not a fiction. And as a result of that, she learned that through a movie, rightly or wrongly. And my job is to say, so, so do, are the values that I'm teaching at home, are the laws that we abide by at home, in conflict with your recognition of that reality? I don't think they have to be, because she's not a Bet-Din, she's not a Rav, right? She's not making judgments on people. You know, we've mentioned before, The problem is, oftentimes, we think we need to be done at Chavercha. My daughter's 13, she doesn't need to do that. What she needs to know is, we live in a family, we value the family. Um, we speak about that quite often. And there are people who have different models, and the Torah itself has 
uh, desire that we should try and pursue that, but not every person can. Molly, you wanted to respond. Yeah, so I I just want to add a few things. First of all, I think Johnny's very correct. I think what he's saying is that um, sexual orientation is a part of a person's identity, right? It's not... uh, like a choice kind of a thing, and I think that is an important thing to recognize. Um, wait, wait, it is obviously, and I would agree with that, but it is a choice to marry. In today's society, I'm, I'm talking about okay. in today's society, they, they, that is exactly the point, that the Torah makes a distinction, a, 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 a tremendous distinction between, on the one hand, a person's sexual orientation, in my belief, and, uh, and the desire to have to consecrate that Within the within the confines or within the within the framework of a marriage, okay. So so, fine. so those so, are very different things. Correct. Barur. Correct. But I think I know, it's my my so point, I, Johnny, is it's it's not barur. And if you ask your child your children, be the messages that they're being bombarded with, it's not barur at all, unless we make it barur. Right. So that's why I spoke about okay, recruitment. But, so going back to my okay, you know. So I just want to go back to saying something else, which is, um, I. Listen, I'm not a rav. I don't have to worry about whether I, I, I marry somebody, right? I, I can just kind of stand by the side. But I, I, I want to say something important, which is, you know, Johnny talked about the family is under attack. And I, and I think that there's the family is under attack in many ways in our society, and it disturbs me greatly. I don't think the, that the, the, fam, the people who are attacking the family are the gay couples. Um, I think the opposite. I think Wait, the, you, is this policy? We're going to come back to policy? I want, I'll, let you, I'll come back to no, you. No, no, no. I just want to make this point that, that, that we can get to policy, but I, I think it's important to recognize Dafka, the gay couples, are, are, they're, not the, they're not what's attacking the family. They actually want family, right? That's what they're fighting for. These are people, they're, they're, mm. they're arguing for, I want the right to have a partner. <laughs> I guess you should see Ruby's face. I want the right to live in a loving, monogamous relationship. And I want, I should maybe shouldn't use the nobody's, right. Nobody's has, taking that right want, away from you. One nobody's second, one right. second. And I want to have, I want to have a family. I want to have children, right? The, 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 these are fundamental human drives. Those drives are actually extremely pro-family. Those are drives that I identify with. Those are drives that I believe in. And those are part, meaning, ironically, the, you see that as oh, that's the attack of the family or the gay couples and the ones who are having children. No, the actual. Well, first of all, don't people, put words in my mouth. No, no, no. I don't, no, say, I don't mean I'm, you I'm very say. Careful, I'm saying, let's say. I'm very careful about how I'm. Uh, okay, I'm, so what I'm, I'm saying, saying one could argue, right? They are the threat. <laughs> they are not the threat, right? The gay couple, the, the gay couple that wants to live together again in a monogamous relationship, the gay couple that wants to have a child, they are not the threat to the family. I don't believe that, and I think that that's important and i think that that's actually something i want my children to understand i want my children to understand and empathize with with the experience of of the gay couple of the gay person that i want them to understand how we then reconcile that with halacha is a different story but they are not the attack on the family that that to me is a very very important point okay we're going to turn to public policy and discuss uh, miflegit noam uh, but before we do we'll stop here for a word from our sponsors Shalom, this is Rav Johnny Solomon, and I would like to tell you about the services that I provide to men and women around the world. Firstly, if you have a she'ilah, a halachic query or a halachic topic you would like to learn more about as it applies to your life, and you feel that you don't have a Rav with whom you can discuss this question, I offer online halachic consultations. Secondly, if you have some theological or spiritual query, or if you're in need of some chizuk, I provide spiritual coaching. 
And lastly, if you'd like to learn about a particular Torah topic, I offer one-to-one -one learning. For each of these services, you can book an appointment for a small fee at my website, rabbijohnnysolomon.com, which seamlessly, with the magic of Calendly, then appears in my online calendar. And within a few minutes, you'll receive a message with a Zoom link. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you. And we're back. So, Molly, in the very beginning, oh, let's go to Johnny first. Johnny, in the very beginning, I mentioned Mifleget Noam, the Noam party, and the, the idea of having an Am Normali Ba'artzenu. So, so it, I, I would also note that the last time there was a, uh, a gay parade in Yerushalayim, they wanted to put up, very simple, they wanted to put up banners saying, Mifleget Noam, Am Normali Ba'artzenu. And the Israeli courts ruled that the, the, their, their banners, those banners in favor of their Miflaga, was considered incitement, and they didn't have the right to promote, to promote their values when the, when, the, when the gay pride parade was taking place in Yerushalayim. So, I mean, I, as a traditional person, I personally found this quite a terrible affront. People are fighting for their rights to express themselves, but then the, the mimsad, the government, the court system says anybody who expresses anything other than that other than the accepted, you know, orthodoxy with a with a lowercase o, that's incitement. We live in an era when Bitsalus Smortrich, for better or for worse, is painted as a terrible homophobic person because I believe because of what I think he does to promote values that are in the Torah. I believe that in Israeli society, I personally believe that believing that um, that that. God wants that Hakadosh Baruch not what I want. God wants the family to be a man and a woman consecrated in the context of uh, uh, a a uh, uh, a marriage. That's what Hakadosh Baruch wants. That's what I believe. For me to say that, you know, somebody's gonna. I, I just uh, you know killed myself for any political career I want to have unless I want to run in Noam, because that's considered anti-gay. I don't know why, like, do, do you not, I, I think that this is something that's, that's dangerous, that's concerning for me as a religious Jew. I believe, of course, in that we should be a dem democratic society, but I want it to be a Jewish state. And part of the Jewish state are these values. Part of Jewish values are the values that the Torah promotes that I believe in. Do you agree with me that this is a problem? Do you, like, that this poster, that these agendas are a problem and a threat to the values that we hold dear? Or eh, whatever, it doesn't really matter. We all believe what we want, live and let live. And, uh, you know, Smotrich and Noam are just, uh, you know, way too far off the deep end. So I respond by, by both reflecting on some of the remarks that Rabbi Sachs um, offered on the notion of the family in a speech he gave in the House of Lords, and then also offer my position, which is, I think, slightly different, but nevertheless. I feel that that should be an interesting uh, introduction. He believed in the UK that the family was under attack for a whole variety of reasons, that not only was equivalencies being made, and this isn't just issues to do with gay, I want to make this very clear, but also um, that, that this was having a, a, a significant effect on society. He believed that faith, family and community are linked and when one is weakened or three are weakened and that does damage to the community to society 
and he was an advocate from this from 1967 when he listened to the wreath lectures where the family was attacked when he delivered his wreath lectures in 1990 until last year where he wrote his book Morality. This is a very consistent message of his. Interestingly, by the way, uh, since he passed on, quite a lot of people seem to omit this, although it's probably one of his most central messages, most oft-repeated. Now, you don't really hear, they Rab- think Rab- you don't hear, you don't hear more... him quoted about this issue very often. Right, and, and I, I, as somebody who's read all of his writings, say, I, I, if I'm going to teach Rabbi Sachs, this is part of what he said and said quite often. I, I mention that, though, because when I explain his view, I say he doesn't go to attack anybody. He doesn't attack this person or that one. He's there to defend and protect the family, which he felt was itself being attacked. Now, I mention that because, as I said before, there are two occurrences. And Mali think is correct. I'm not suggesting, by the way, the one camp is attacking the other. What I am saying is a sense of equivalence is occurring. In fact, worse than that, it's not even equivalence. It's a, it's a shifting whereby the fam- anybody promotes the family, like you say, is seen to be homophobic, which is disturbing. Right, you don't think it's that disturbing. one side is attacking the other? You don't think so in, this, in, the, in, the, in the political uh, I, I th- Right now we're so concerned with COVID that, that, that I, nobody, these issues are not gonna come, don't come up very often right uh, now. Fundamentally, you, you mentioned the courts. The courts here in Israel have got a very, very clear agenda. Uh, and I don't necessarily know if that reflects the members of the court, but it certainly reflects their political worldview, which is having a very major effect. Uh, on a whole variety of issues in the public space. But referring, referring back to your question, do I believe that a Jew has a right and at times has a duty to stand up in public and make it very clear that what I stand for has truth and is truth? Yes. I believe that a Jew sometimes needs to do that uh, and not, sometimes must do that. What I would, though, say is the following. And, and going back to to Miflegat Noam, you sometimes wonder why certain issues become an obsession by parties and why certain issues get left by the wayside. You see, there are lots of things going on in Israel which challenge and erode to our values. And you sometimes wonder why is this the thing that you're pursuing with such aggression and actually ignoring so many other things. Now, again, I don't want to draw a contrast, but we spoke about Chilul Shabbat. Chilul Shabbat is something that pains me greatly. I'd like that to be something that we speak about, but it seems to be uh, a topic that is all but ignored by any religious politician. We take that as a given. Just so you know, Noam, that's one of their issues. One of their issues is Shabbat in the public sphere. Meaning, I think, okay, no, but I think, by the way, it, it doesn't seem, Rabbanim, strangely enough, it doesn't seem to be resonating as loudly exactly, and as proudly. I think you the Rabbanim so of Noam felt that the religious Zionist parties had basically given up on the religious state issues, which they'd seen. They had totally given up, and without somebody pushing them, then there would be no voice for them. I don't think that that's yeah, all the but only thing they care about. Uh, that, uh, that may well be the case. Again, I, I've neither done a full study of association of lobbying of one group versus the other, nor a full study of the policies of Miflegat Noam. What I do know, though, is the following. Uh, Oftentimes, there are people who become unhealthily obsessed by single topic issues in terms of what they pursue, and rarely is that exclusively reflective of pure idealistic values. Uh, And as a result of that... um, that's not to say 
that a Jew shouldn't have the right to speak for truth, to stand for truth, they should. And, and, I, and I've done so, and I'm not just saying this in words, I've done this in actions. But nevertheless, one has to contextualize this whole debate within a debate of politics. This isn't a bet midrash. And if we really, if religion was the uh, binding issue, I, I think there'd be a whole variety of things that both we would be discussing more and they would be discussing more, which seem to be at best footnotes in policy decisions. So I, I can't speak neither for good for the bad. I'm not an expert in terms of this particular party, what they claim to want to do. And don't forget, when parties say X, I don't know any party, either in Israel or elsewhere, that actually necessarily bring to fruition everything that they claim to be a, a, a topic that, that troubles and bothers them and drives them. But I do find far too often that this issue of uh, of pursuing uh, undermining and often being clear in terms of reducing not it's not a question of rights but we're talking about dignity of people who don't fit into the obvious mold uh, seems to sometimes come from certain camps and I'm not entirely sure whether that's purely driven by a lishma thing or other things I don't know I don't know it seems like that seems to be an unfair very unfair generalization to you know to say well I don't really know I said I don't know that's it's not a generalization I'm saying I I'm raising aspersions I don't really know what you're drawing yeah I'm casting aspersions on every single political party that stood for religion over the last you know uh, 70 plus years which pick and choose which religious issues they choose to stand for I'll, I mean, I, I've, I've done this, by the way, i got to say, at least for those who listen to RZ Weekly, I've done this consistently for many parties. <laughs> whereby, so this isn't particular to this, in the, this individual uh, grouping. I feel that especially within the religious Zionist world, there is uh, often far, far greater emphasis on nationalistic issues with, with certain choice selection of religious issues. Um, and, and therefore, I, I suppose that's, that's where I stand on the issue. Molly, what do you think? Public policy, is it bother you? Is it an issue? Or you think, yeah, family values, whatever. Everybody makes their own choices. And it doesn't really matter vis-a-vis -vis the Jewish state. I, I don't understand your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know My I question should. is, yeah. do you think that this should be a political issue? Do you think that this drive, uh, the, the, the agenda, as I think we can agree, there's an agenda to normalize, there's an agenda to to promote this agenda, even to, de I mean, I mean we, let's, let's leave aside the de to delegitimize. De let's assume that we agree that it's a terrible thing to delegitimize someone who believes in Torah values, that, we, that you sh everyone should be able to have their own values. Right. Does it bother you that there's this drive of normalization and, and trying to make, make different family models acceptable in the public sphere? Not really. It doesn't, doesn't really bother you per se. And it's not something that you think that political parties should be involved in. That's my question. It doesn't bother me. And it could even be that I have empathy and sympathy for a lot of what they're saying. That being said, I, I, I would emphasize that I, I think that it's important to make sure that there actually is a free marketplace of ideas so that other positions can be raised as well so that there can actually be a, um, a real honest dialogue bringing out... Um, complexities and and really working through issues and that I don't think any voices should be stifled that, that that that's that's really what I believe does that does that answer the question 
Yeah, you know, it does answer the question. Okay, so I'm going to, I guess I'll ask it in this way. Like we all, this is Religious Zionist podcast, and the, the topic, the meta topic of this podcast always is the, the tension between our religious values, our religious identities, and our democratic values, or our like liberal identities. At least that, that to me, that, that I'm very motivated by that tension. We, we, we sort of fall in the middle. But I think in this issue, I don't think, I'm not hearing any tension from you. Meaning, you say, I have my own religious values, but I don't want the state to reflect my religious values. I want the state to reflect my liberal values. I want the state to reflect the values no, of fairness. No, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I, I'm saying... I, 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 would t- I take issue with that as well. Yeah, I, I, I would say, I... Again, Wait, so how do you, if you don't say that, how do you want the state I would like, to reflect your religious values? I mean, right now, by the way, technically, okay, the state totally reflects your religious values. And like, you know, right. there is no hands homosexual marriage, so it does. You know, I, you know, I, but, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know what I feel about that. What I'm saying is I don't know what I think, right? I also feel like I don't have answers to all of these questions. You're assuming that, like, I have all the answers and I fall on one side of the category. Why do you think I talk to you for? Of course you have all the answers. I, but I, <laughs> right, which I, I don't. I don't. I actually, you notice that I send you all these WhatsApps? Like, you know, hey, Molly, what do you think about this? Hey, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I think, right? Do I think that that that? Uh, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answers to all the questions. I don't have the answers to all the questions. I know that I have a lot of questions. I know that I have a lot of opinions. I know that I have things that I feel strongly about. I know that I have places where I think tzarich iyun, um, and that, and that's why the thing that's most important to me is to create a a public sphere that is welcoming of all voices so that all voices can be heard respectfully and that we can really have civil dialogue. That's what I want. And I don't want either side to be shut down, which is also, by the way, why I don't like Noam. I, 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 I don't think they're, I they find them dis, distasteful in their tactics. I find them extreme. I know that I don't affiliate with them be, because the way that they speak and they're, it's, they are very extreme. Um, now, do I think that they should be shut down? That's a free speech question that I'll leave to the courts. You know, I tend to off. I, I tend no, to. No, Noam is not. Uh, no, no, no. Nobody ever suggested Noam should be shut. I mean, well, you said they're not allowed to hang up their signs. I'm saying, should they be allowed right. to hang up their signs? Or not allowed, I, that I'm leaving to the courts. I tend to, in general, be very. To, I, I, I'm a very strong advocate for for free speech. My fire in a crowded theater bar is really fire in a crowded theater, clear and imminent danger of violence, um, and partially because of this, I, I want all the voices to be out there. So that um, you can, so you can like identify the extremes, and then the sane middle can communicate, and and the sane middle might be coming from two very powerful extremes, and there might be people who meaning. Okay, this is what I want to say. What I want to say is, you kind of described me as like perf, right? I'm in the middle. I'm a liberal. I have like liberal beliefs, and I have religious beliefs, and like, you know, like. I live in like a spiritual schizophrenia where like I have these beliefs and those beliefs and I don't oh, know. I don't think do you that. live that way. I was asking you how you feel about the state. Right. So, I don't, what, yeah. oh, so, about, so what, what I'm saying is I think that what I'm, tr- I, I don't want to be a, a spiritual schizophrenic, what I'm tr- but I'm still a work in progress because this, these are new difficult issues. And so I think that the only way to stop being a spiritual schizophrenic is for people of tremendous stature and empathy on the religious side, right? Rabbanim for whom I have tremendous respect for them to be in open dialogue with people who are, you know, people who are advocating for these other issues and, and to see if they could come to some type of consensus that works for everybody as much as possible or respectful disagreement, but making space for different people, right? Making enclaves for different people, let's say, to live in harmony. 
um, how I want, how that will look, what, what that will mean about how the state looks. I have enough belief, I have enough faith in Israeli society. I do that. I, I believe that if we give enough space to Torah to speak for itself, but we really give it space. Actually, I'm now rereading Chamesh Drashot. Rav Soloveitchik is, is, is really an advocate. He wants the religious Zionist movement to be a leader of, of um, moral Torah values. And so, like, I, I'm not here to say, like, oh, we should be quiet. No, I think that, like, we're supposed to be formulating clear Torah values. What I'm saying is, I think we're still in the process of formulating those values on these issues. And so I would... I think we are. I have a real problem with you I, saying that. I, I why? Really do. Wait, Johnny, I'll let you respond. Wait, what second. I want to just clarify what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. We're still formulating our, we're still yes. formulating the yes. Torah's values we on are. these issues. We are formulating, meaning when Molly, I say that. you said I would get swashed. I think that sounds ridiculous. When I say that, I think it's it not ridiculous. ridiculous. I'm asking, what I'm saying ridiculous. is, you are a rabbi, right? What does the rabbi, th- what do rabbis think, again, about gay couples that come to them privately and say, we, we, I, I don't know, we, 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 what do you think of us living together privately? Or what do you think about us adopting a children? Will you convert our children? Um, sh- I'm gay. Should I marry a woman? Right? These are real issues that we as... I, th- can I be part are, of your society? You, you just mixed very, very... You just mixed two no, different but, things. One, one are personal issues. And I didn't ask you about that. I asked about public policy. And those are very different be, things. But these can be... But a Rav who's, who, who on public policy is going to take a stance on some of those issues, right... That's he, if, if a rub is going to make decisions on these issues, at some point, it's going to become public, right? Meaning, we the rabbis first have to figure out for themselves what they no, believe. No, I, I don't, I don't necessarily to agree out. with you. Not every private personal decision is a public policy decision. That's exactly the point. You have public policy, and then you have exceptions. Okay, you have a public policy so that says, we're closing the airport. And then you have a vadat chirigim to come along and say, but in cases of great need, for real reasons, we have to open the airport. Okay, Those are so, not the same thing. But is that the language? Okay, so that's one option. That could be one language for religious people. Are you know we believe we, we, we are against this, but then we're a pro it for private individuals, right? We have policy, or you could have a rabbi who says, "I'm really still, like I, I believe in the Torah, I believe in these values, and yes, I do, and 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 X, Y, and Z, and I, I and I'm still trying to figure out how I formulate my language." Around you, see, you see, you did it again. You just issues. did it again without giving you like you tried to avoid giving an answer by saying, "I don't know. I'm just trying to formulate. I'm thinking about One it." Second, no, I'm going to cut you here. Both for reasons of time. That, because that's 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 the position I think that's, we're in. That's a non-answer. I don't, answer. Think we have the I don't know. We have to talk about it. Johnny. One second. I, I want to go back to what Ruby said. My answer is you have to hold. Your answer is I don't want to give an answer. That's what your answer is. I'm not giving an answer. No, I want to say I want to have to formulate is before we go to Johnny. I'm not giving you an answer. One second. No, before we go to Johnny again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> one of the, I, again, I don't want to quote him because it's not fair to him, but he, he, one of the rabbis of Alon Shvot, when I, I've said this before in our, in our podcast, when we had a dialogue with, we had, you know, gay members of the, you know, children of the Yishuv come and speak, and he said, what I'm gonna say, no one's gonna like, and then what he said, everybody liked, and what he said was, on the one hand, I want to have empathy, I want to understand, I want to listen, I want to learn, on the other hand. As a as an Orthodox rabbi, I have certain values, and you're you're not going to make me change those values. And from that position, I want us to have a conversation. And that worked for ironically, that worked for everybody in the room. It worked for the people for the for the for the people who were like you know dogel for orthodoxy, and it worked for the people who were like, can you please understand the the issues that 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 gay people are confronting? That's what I'm advocating for. Okay, fine, thank you, Johnny. Last word. Thank you. It's not, 
you've raised a whole bunch of issues. Uh, but I want to go back to your premise. You're saying, you know, um, do we want to avoid this religious issue not being addressed by the government? And, and that presumes, by the way, that I'm comfortable that the current government, or truth be told, almost any, right, are the arbiters of religious decisions, which, hello, I'm not, because the government is not a religious body. Moreover, the government, in terms of their interpretation of religion, differs vastly to the Torah that I live by and is in the Sfarim in the room that I sit. So here's a weird thing. We come after 70-plus years where the government has at times included Jewish values in the state. It's a state which I call home, and I'm so proud of it. But the government isn't a based in, right? And even the Rabbanim who work in politics, <laughs> they're rarely reflective of the way in which I understand necessarily halacha. And then something comes along, the question of LGBT, and the question is, you know, should the government, yes or not, determine what is religiously acceptable or not? And my question is, that's a crazy that's a crazy sentiment from the outset. Can I respond? You work for Tsar, which basically is a challenge that the government itself have not done their task as it was in terms of providing religious services to Amcha, to the greater population. Wait, so no, you are, you should, Now I have to respond. I, now I really have to respond. Well, well I haven't yet finished one second. No, Give, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get Tzohar. the last word, apparently. Sora doesn't say that the government should not be determining. No, I Tzohar know what Sora does. It doesn't, the, doesn't say what I'm Tzohar simply saying. saying the people is you who are there now right are now. doing a bad job. Tzohar you are saying that right we should now be doing whether we should or we shouldn't <laughs> basically give a vacant space or give the power to the government to make religious decisions. And I think that's a straw man. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, you, you, the question really is a What's the role of religion? Uh, every government makes decisions about public policy in morality. Correct, but, not a, but your question leave, leave wasn't about halacha. public policy. No, it was a, about religion. Take the word halacha off on the side. We're talking about you are the one who raised it. No, I didn't say the government <laughs> should impose halacha. We're talking about public policy decisions about family structure, about what's considered standard, oh, or what's fine. acceptable. Fantastic. Every government engages in that every single day. That's the, good, the job of government. Uh -huh. so, but so your, your original question those, was about how much are those informed by our religious values? Should the government, should Kakal uh, be buying land in Yudan Shomron? Should they? That's informed entirely by a religious value, entirely. Because otherwise, why would you do it? So the same thing. This is that exact may same well question. That well be the case, but he, here's the deal: it's 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 it may well be driven by religious values, but those religious religious values are refracted oftentimes by politicians with their own sets of hierarchy, which is why those things happen and other things didn't. Which is why because Noam you know is coming along and saying, "I don't like their tone either." I actually agree with Mali. I don't like the whole thing about Leo nor Mali. Normally means they're not, I'm normal, you're not normal. I don't, I don't like that. Right. I wish they would have said, like Molly said, I believe in, like, like that Rav said, we believe in the values of the Torah and we want to promote these values for whoever's interested in hearing them. I wish they would say that. I, I don't like that. Like their, their tone turns me off because it's nasty. And, and that's the most distasteful thing. Don't be nasty. Be sympathetic. Be empathetic. Promote your values in the way that you believe without having to downgrade or downplay other people. Which is, which is why I'm turned off by Noam, and which is really what, like, I don't know, Molly, if you, if you understand, you, know, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, but at the other, I don't know, but these are the people that are talking about the values that I believe in. So you okay, can't well, pick no, choose. they're talking, here's a well, well, just and this is, shall well, we say my last can, point? Ruby. Of they're talking about, yeah. Yeah. I am picking the choosing. They're, right, yeah. <laughs> they're talking about some of the values you believe right. in. Yeah. Are they talking about, by the way, mass, uh, 
mass vaccination because that's part of Torah no, values. No, but other people right? are talking about are it. They, they don't ta- think they need here's to. Get, here's the deal. They're talking about some Torah values in their own interpretation of Correct. those values. Correct. Let's not kid ourselves, right? It's as if we make these propositions that a party that says I speak for Torah values versus the other, they've got Torah and those who haven't. No, they're speaking for a s- small set of values which they've interpreted as they wish no. and then they've and said... Which they feel are, is important to promote in Israeli society. You know today. what? Shas also yeah. speaks for Torah values. Correct. I mean, truth be told, they're far more powerful... Uh, organization. Why are we not speaking about Shas? Because the answer is because we presume that they have different political agendas. But when a party claims and says we're just speaking for Torah, then we kind of naively believe them. And I'm saying, let's not be naive when it comes to politics across the board. Fair enough. You know, I actually, now that I think about it, I accept that. Totally accept that. But Norm in its ideal. Let's leave Norm aside, but talk about Norm in the, you know, I guess the, the uh, platonic Norm, the flagrant Norm, which doesn't exist. You understand? I understand what you're saying. I totally accept that. Who knows what their agenda is and how much they want funding for their yeshiva too or whatever. You know, I, I would accept that. All right. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't think we have any time for Hamletzot. Do we have time for Hamletzot? Johnny, you got a, you got a class, right? You got to jump off? I got to go. I'm sorry. We do not have time for Hamletzot. I actually had a great one, which I'll save for next week, if I remember what it was. Molly, did you even have one? I had one, but it was, I thought the conversation was going to be a different conversation, so it would have fit that conversation, so I'll leave it for next week also. So maybe next week we'll have that conversation and, uh, and you'll share it with us. <laughs> you actually presume you know what the conversation's going to be. I, I thought it was pretty whatever. clear about where we were going to go with this this week. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. I want to thank Molly Brevsky and Rabbi Johnny Salman for this uh, invigorating discussion. Uh, and this is RZ Weekly. My name is Ruben Spalter. Have a good week, everybody. Another-